It's been said that we're either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or headed toward a new crisis. Those could be a financial crisis, or a relationship crisis, or even a health crisis. On episode 22, I talk with Joe Peachy, who's the number one ranked sales trainer in the world, according to Global Gurus, about balancing confidence and humility in the world of sales. Joe shares some of his experiences on being coachable and how having faith along with a solid process and a desire to serve others can keep you successful even when you're going through a challenge. Let's jump in. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Confidence Covered by Humility podcast. I'm your host and your coach, James Mayhew, and this is the podcast where we talk about what it takes to lead a business, a team, even your home with humble confidence. And today, I have a very special guest for you, somebody I've known since at least 2018, if maybe not a little earlier than that, uh, Mr. Joe Peachy. And Joe and I know each other because he hosts one of the, uh, well, he hosts the top-ranked sales boot camp. Uh, in the is it the world, Joe? It's, it's, a, it's in a the world. Thing. Yeah, number that one in the world four for years four years. years. That's yeah. awesome. That is fantastic, and uh, that is where you and I first met, and then we've yeah. developed a friendship over that, and and just stay in touch. I've been to this boot camp twice myself. Highly recommend it. And so, so Joe, welcome, and and if you could just maybe share a little bit about your company and uh, how you got into this. Well, Dawn and I, my wife, we've been together 52 years, been in business for 32 years together. And, you know, and it has evolved just as yours has evolved. But right now we're specializing with companies as well as individuals, really on focusing on how to get in front of your target market. You know, how to generate leads, how to pick up the phone, get a quality appointment, how to do consultative sales, negotiation skills, the entire sales process. So one of our verticals is sales. The other big vertical, we work with speakers, coaches, trainers, and consultants, and we work on the business side. How do you monetize your intellectual property? So, you know, we've been doing it a long time and hopefully we're getting better. Uh, you, I, I can tell you just even seeing the evolution when I was first there in 2020, and then I was there two years, uh, yeah, two years later, a year ago in October of 2022, you see the changes and you guys are definitely staying on the edge of, of those things. But in another way, one of the things that I think that I value and truly appreciate about your, your style is just how genuine it is and how maybe another word to throw in there is authentic. It is because you are truly teaching the relationship side and consultative side of sales. Tell me, how did all of that start, Joe? Was it, was it, uh, a pain point that you saw needed? Is it something that you experienced in your own life? How did you start that? Well, in sales, so to speak, there's really only two approaches. It's transactional, get to yes or no as fast as possible. And there's consultative. And when you look at the numbers, 87% of all sales happens between the sixth and the 16th contact. And nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to be pushed. Nobody wants to be in your face. And so over the course of years, we became master trainers of DISC, and we implemented DISC in all of our training, and it blended so well in consultative sales. And that's where it started, really merging our sales skills and strategies training with DISC, putting them together, and it created a much, much better product and a product that people wanted. They didn't want to be an in-your-face salesperson. Yeah, I think people are turned off. I always had this, you know, remember this saying that people love to buy, but they hate to be sold to. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, so you, you've helped me. You, you were the firm, the company that certified me also in the DISC model of human behavior. Tell our listeners a little bit more about that and how you are incorporating that. How does that matter? Like what's the benefit of using that in a sales process? Well, 80% of conflict comes from miscommunication. And it's always amazing to me that when people can learn simple processes about not manipulation, but real communication and learning how to communicate in the other person's receiving style, that is tactical empathy. Mm. Seek to understand rather than be understood. And if I'm not selfish and I'm more selfless, and the whole goal of our communication is for you to be able to say yes or no to something with full understanding, that's where it all began. Hey everyone, this is James, and I want to let you know that I recently launched a free email course called the Five Day Founder Bootcamp for creating a thriving corporate culture. Now, I know that it can be stressful, maybe even frustrating at times, trying to get everyone on your team working together to achieve your goals and objectives. Perhaps it's not that you're frustrated, but maybe you're just looking for a new and better way to reignite that spark in your high performers. Whatever unique challenge that you're facing, well, I designed the Thriving Culture Guide, keeping you in mind. Now think of this like attending a virtual boot camp, but here's the best part, you don't even have to leave your inbox. Each day contains some of my absolute best tactics and strategies to help you win at a game that your competition doesn't even know is being played. For example, the topic for day three addresses a topic that I get a lot of questions about. Like, James, how do we communicate and implement change through our culture? So you might be thinking, well, what if I'm not a founder? Is this still for me? Well, it is. And I just say it this way. If you're a conscientious leader who wants to improve the performance of your team, well, this guide was designed for you as well. Now, here's one of my favorite parts about this five-day course. You don't have to wait for days two, three, or four to show up in your inbox. Nope, this email bootcamp was built to go at the pace that you want. So instead of patiently waiting, or maybe impatiently waiting for the next value pack lesson, you can click right on through and get it all at once. Go to thrivingcultureguide.com right now and get exclusive access today. That is a really interesting thing. And I, I had um, Bill Kasky on, who is another sales coach, um, a couple of months ago. And one of the things that we were talking about in there is, is um, just the, the ability to, um, to serve. And, and I know that's something that you've done really well. In fact, I could tell our listeners, you and I, when we first engaged, it was through a mutual relationship, uh, a friendship um, that I had personally and that you had professionally by a gentleman named Garrison. And Garrison had told me about you. He'd, he'd gone to your boot camp. He said, man, this is really good stuff. You and I engaged somewhere between 2018 and then in 2020, I finally bought and Joe, one of the things that, that I would just remind you of, and I'm, I'll bet you don't forget things like this, but I want the listeners to know is that at no time did you ever pressure me. You never tried to hard sell or close me on anything. What you did was you were consistent in how you reached out to me. You were consistent in your follow-up. You always asked, is there anything more that I can do for you? Or you'd ask a question to start the conversation and then you would tell me some things. And, um, uh, I learned a lot, I think, just by observing that. And it made me realize that there are times when if you ever have a desperation mindset and yeah, I'm guilty. I've had that before where like, man, if I don't close this deal, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing. And when you have that desperation mindset, 
the, your, your counterpart, the person you're trying to engage with to buy, they sniff that out, don't they? Oh, they do. And, uh, but I think a lot of it has to do, people get desperate because they don't have enough good things going on. That's so and true. I have a simple process where I generate leads and I pick up the phone and we start the sales process. But my office doesn't have pictures of me with famous people. It's whiteboards. Yeah. And we gauge our business on how many formal proposals go out. And if we have a lot of proposals out, I don't have to use some cheap pressure-filled clothes. I can be very consultative and know that the, the law of numbers will always win out if you're willing to do the work. The other side of it is, if I have to pressure you for you to say yes, in the back of your mind, you really didn't say yes. That's so, so number one, at any given point, you're going to want to change your mind. The second thing is you're not going to refer me because you don't want your friends, your business associates handled that way. I know one of the things that you've started to bring in into your your sales training now is, is negotiation. Yeah. Um, and I know both of us, we've talked about this book before, but by Chris Voss called uh, great Never Split the Difference. Yeah, great book. Great one of the book. things that I, I, I gleaned from this, and I, I know I shared it in the training room yesterday because it seemed appropriate, was his very, like, this is such a little detail, but I love details. He said, when you are in a, a negotiation, and whether it's a negotiation or you're just having a conversation with somebody, but you're trying to move them from here to there, or you're trying to help them get what they want. When you receive a you're right versus, hey, that's right, it's a tremendous difference. And and what has been your experience, Joe, in, in helping move like somebody like me? Um, I think at first I was kind of putting my hand up like, yeah, you're right, Joe. And and I was still trying to, um, you know, understand, are you the person that can help me get there? But it wasn't just about you. It was also helping me in my own head overcome my own doubt, my own fears, my own trepidations to, to saying yes to this, whether it was a cost or my big fear is, Hey, I know me. And sometimes I'll learn stuff or I'll buy it, but I'll never put it to use because right. either I didn't believe yep. it or, or yep. I got lazy or whatever. How do you help people move from a, Hey, you're right to, yeah, that's right. That's what I want. Well, f first of all, there's a number of things that have to happen in negotiation. First of all, you have to take people through your sales process. If a negotiation starts at price, you'll never you'll never get where both people want to get. It has to be a win-win. So I believe emphatically that people think negotiations about money and it doesn't have to be. I think that people have got to get a grip on their emotional intelligence. Most people are not good negotiators because they do not have control over their own emotions. And so it, it starts to become an emotional ride. Negotiations should never be emotional. It should be tactical. And, and tactics are skills. And when somebody says that's right, what they're saying is we have an agreement that what you just said is right. But when they say you're right, it can be an opinion that can be changed at any given time. I think that's so true. And in one of the ways that I... I help my clients also see that is, is I think back to a time when you were a teenager and your mom and dad told you something about a curfew or the person that you wanted to date or whatever. And, 
and they, they, they're trying to convince you and you get that you're right. Well, it's, it's, I use that tone and I, I okay. use my hand up like this. Yeah, you're right. But when you help me, when it, when you get me to a, that's right, you've helped me make it my decision. You've led me to the water yeah, absolutely. and now hopefully I'm drinking from it, but that's a, just a huge, huge change right there. Well, in our training, whether it's our sales training or our business of speaking training and coaching, or even in our disc training, somewhere in that training, we're, they're going to have to execute tactical skills, okay? Because it's application-based. It's the same thing in a negotiation. Negotiation can only be done adequately if both people want the win-win. If one person is seeking to win and and the other person is seeking to, to placate, then this is going to be a relationship that will eventually end. And like this past weekend, uh, when we had our boot camp and we got into the hard negotiation training, this one guy said to me, but you, but you never seem to be a high D or in the behavior model, an A-type personality. It's not about personality. It's about can we both walk away from the table with self-respect and want to continue to do business together? Mm, I love that. And when you said that, there's a word that popped into my head because it is top of mind for me. And that word is dignity. If, if dignity is happening on both sides, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's something that's reciprocated. If I show dignity and that is treat you with respect, I listen and, and I'm not just trying to drive you to what I want. You're going to return that in most cases. Sure. I just think dignity is a word that is underutilized or a practice, a skill that's underutilized a lot. Yeah, for sure. 23 uh, question that I wanted to ask you is what are some of the challenges that your clients right now are facing or just that you're seeing in business? What are their concerns and what right are some now, of the ways that you're helping navigate those? Right now what I, I'm seeing, and this is just a Joeism, so I can be wrong. I'm seeing a worse economy than we saw in 2018, 19 with COVID. Yeah. I'm seeing more people laid off. I'm seeing more people uh, not want to go into the office. I'm seeing more uh, increases in gas prices, just the economy. Uh, and so companies are scared. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of trucking companies go out of business, and our nation is run on the wheels of trucks, mm -hmm. okay? And, and so, you know, just like you, my job is to go into those companies and help them. And the first way I help companies is through their client acquisition. That's mm -hmm. I know what you do. You you help to, to redirect culture and leadership. But where I start, I start with cash flow. Get the company whole. Get the company healthy. That doesn't always mean they're going to make it. That means they now have revenue that they can invest in companies like yours to come in and start to fix some of the, the mental stuff that's going on in there. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's rough out there right now. And we have a B2B business, which is our business to business, where we'll work anywhere from a small company up to, up to Fortune 100 or a B2C business. And, and, you know, just like anything else, they will follow the economy. I was just recently on your podcast, and one of the questions that you asked me, Joe, was how am I helping with accountability? What am I seeing in in the, the business world with accountability? A lot of times it's a dirty word. People resist it. So what are some of the ways that from 
whether you're working with sales directors, sales teams, or if you're just working with the company in general from a coaching and business development side, what are some of the ways that you help instill a sense of accountability at, uh, at that place? I think it first starts with hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I watch people sell jobs talking about all the positives, all the greatest stuff, but but nobody wants to be straight with the people they're hiring. So I would definitely have a job description and sell and not sell the job. But then from there, they've got to have good onboarding, not just there's your office, there's the coffee, you know, there's your, your list of people that you need to reach out to, but have a good training onboarding. And I do not believe good onboarding is to learn from the guy in the next cubicle. Mm -hmm. The guy in the next cubicle could be very successful. But according to Chet Holmes, that is the lowest form of training you could possibly do. So if you're going to hire them, invest in them and train them, and then and only then can you hold them accountable. And I do believe in accountability. I believe there's a certain leash you should have. And, and once a person is not performing up to your standards, Put them on a uh, an improvement program, but if there is no improvement, maybe you can help them find a job somewhere else. Maybe they're not a good fit. Yeah, and and that's where I come back to. A lot of times, I'll have that. That's a, that's a great segue because I was thinking about conversations that I've had with clients recently, where it's like, what if we have somebody who we really like? I mean, they're they're, they're a character fit for who we are. We love them. They are struggling, and so one of the conversations that that we'll have is is are they in the right place? Are they doing a job that right. doesn't cater to their strengths, that is outside of, of what they're, do they need more training? Do they need to go to classes? Or are they just like kind of a square peg in a round hole kind of, you know, fit here? And and yep. maybe they, you don't want to get rid of them. You don't want to lose them. If yep. there is room for somewhere else in the company, maybe that's an option. Sometimes just, you know, uh, financially it doesn't make sense to be able to do that. But I do think there's, again, I'll come back to the word dignity. When you have done everything that you can to help that employee uh, find their way and to improve and to grow, and they have done it as well, uh, but yet you still arrive at the conclusion, you, you know, you walk away, you part with that. And there's, instead of there being hatred and, and, you know, bad words being said, and it's a bad breakup. It's more of a mutual, respectful, thank you, you know, kind of thing. And, and for the life of me, I just can't understand why dignity is a challenge in, in this day and age to do. I, 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 I think I have an answer for that. Oh, good. I want to hear that. <laughs> I don't know that so much of a lack of dignity. I think a, a lack of dignity comes as a, uh, a cause I think when people don't know how to communicate, you know, if you and I don't have the ability to work together, we can break this thing up two ways. Now, if we're great communicators, I think dignity is intact. But I think when a person, I have the do's and don'ts in negotiation, the do's and don'ts of communication. And one is never lose your temper, uh, never get angry, never take things personally. I think when people get angry, when they take things personally, then the other person's dignity is going to be at stake. You know, I have a couple clients where when it comes to sales or account management, I am the final interview on whether or not they're going to bring somebody on because I'm the only one that will ask the the tough questions. Hmm. And I have said to them, 
This is a great person, great character, great this, great that. But they don't check the boxes as to what you want them to do. You will wind up having to let them go. Mm. Some of them listen and some of them don't. Yeah. I was in the, um, that's so good because that's so close to what I was talking about. So I was with a client all day yesterday. Uh, very difficult type of industry they're in. I'm going to be careful to protect, um, you know, I don't want to say too much here, but um, very difficult culture to deal with, a very difficult, highly regulated industry. And um, one of the things that was coming up in there, and I actually, I brought a Joeism into this and I was just talking about how, Joe, you have said you cannot have a bad day when you are in leadership. And uh, I, I would like, I have my own way of expressing that. But when you said that, and I heard it the first time, I was like, I really wanted to push back on that. And it's like, because I didn't understand it. So people who are hearing that now for the first time, what do you mean by that? If you're a leader that you, you're not allowed to have a bad day. When you're in a leadership role, you're kind of the rudder of the ship. You're up in front of people. People are taking their their guideposts from you. If you come in and have a bad day, it gives them permission to have a bad day. Okay? But we all have stuff that goes on in our life. We all do. Anybody who says they've never had stuff go on in their life is either crazy or a liar. Hmm. Everybody has it. But do you wear that on your sleeve? Do you take that to work with you? And so I, I'm from the position where when I show up, I've got to be in my A game all the time, okay? Because, again, it's not their responsibility to deal with my problems. And I'm telling you, we all got them. But it's how do we deal with them? And then, hey, you go get in your car on the way home, you punch your, you punch your steering wheel, and you go, is there anybody I can talk to and be straight with? Well, there is, but they're not working for you. Such a good you point. Know? Such you, a good you, point. You don't throw garbage in your on your own lawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that is uh, again that I, people sometimes I don't know that have ever heard of it or ever even thought of it that way, and they will unload. And things are, in fact, I had a conversation recently with a client, similar type of thing. There, there was uh, they were talking about somebody in a leadership role was literally having a meltdown. Things got moved in the offices and thrown against the wall, you know, and there was shouting and they said, that's okay. That's okay. Because we were in a closed door and I'm, and I'm thinking there's a lot more going on there. I would be really careful with the the whole, that's okay thing. There's, there's a lot going on there. So it's just, there's, there's people that are experiencing a lot of stress right now. And um, I'm assuming that's something that you're seeing. So how, how do you handle coaching somebody that is feeling maybe at their wits end, they feel overwhelmed. They're like, I don't know if I can go on. I, I mean, I know you well, coach. What, so that's thing, the address. Here's a couple of things for us to understand. I'm not a life coach. And I make that very clear. I try to keep my coaching in business in the business side of it. If they start spilling it over, I will recommend maybe they should see a pastor. Maybe they should see a counselor. Maybe they should go to HR. I I give them places to go, but I do believe this in a bit. Now, I'm talking strictly business here. Mm -hmm. If you get into their personal situation, you're going to lose your effectiveness in their business responsibilities. 
because familiarity breeds contempt. So that that's, again, not the way people like. People would like to be all things to all people. And I'm saying right now, as a coach, you and me, we have to be careful how mm-hmm. far we go with their stuff. A hundred percent. And I, I appreciate the fact that you make a delineation between life coaching and business coaching and, and it is a wide gap there. And I originally, when I got into this, I thought, Hey, life coaching. And then I quickly realized that's not, I'm not wired that way. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Joe, let's make a little transition here. You know, the, the topic of the, the podcast, the name of the podcast is confidence covered by humility. Just, when you hear that phrase, I don't know, does that mean anything to you? Does it evoke anything when you when you hear confidence that's covered by humility? I think humility is one of the lost arts in people. I think um, I think humility is something that we understand we're not in charge really. And that for us, God's in charge, no matter yes. what happens. And uh, we do believe in the sovereignty of God, which means everything that happens to you has been ordained or allowed. Once we get there, then we need to deal with whatever is going to happen in our lives. And, uh, and I can tell when somebody I'm coaching or a co- company I'm working in is dealing with stuff. And the only reason why I, I know I can de- is because we've dealt with stuff. You know, I, I kind of like feel sorry for those people who have jaded lives and don't hit the wall until they get much older in life, you know, and, and everybody's going to go through stuff. It's going to affect their performance. And that's why we believe in processes and strategies, because the only way you're going to be able to continue maintain a work balance where you're still able to feed yourself, put food on the table, take care of your family is if you can flip a switch and let your business run on that process, even when you personally are dealing with stuff. How does, how does humility play out in sales? (laughs) Because you serve, you don't sell. And now let's, let me ask the opposite then. How does confidence play out in sales? I think, confidence, not cockiness, is when you have mastered all of the primary fundamental skills and processes, and you can repeat those like a good athlete with spaced repetition. I think once you've mastered it and you, and then you put it to work, that's what grows confidence, not reading a book, not listening to a, a podcast, although those things are important. But the only thing that raises self-confidence is the action items of doing something over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. A question that I like to ask, and I, I mean, I'm using this, this theme, this philosophy of confidence covered by humility. I, it's the first thing I put on the whiteboard yesterday in the training room. So I had about, I think there was eight or nine participants in the room and I wrote right beside it, am I coachable? I didn't cover it. We, we jumped into the training, but I, they saw me write it. And then we, I started to incorporate it later into the day. But I believe that asking that question of yourself internally, reflecting on, am I coachable, is, is a good way for me to set the tone of the day. 
because one of the things that, that I know you say in a training room that I have mimicked that, you know, and I say in the beginning of the training room is, listen, you're going to get out of this today, but you're willing to put into this. And if you want to be defensive, if you want to tune out, that's your, your call. I, I, I'm going to give you great content. I'm going to give you great techniques. I'm going to give you great tactics and things that you can apply. But what has to happen is when we leave here today, it's going to be up to you. So are you going to take a posture that you're coachable? Coachability, I believe, is all tied into humility. It is. I heard a guy say one time, there's three things you have to be, humble, hungry, and persistent. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You find people with those three characteristics, they can pretty much master anything you coach them to master. But if you if they're missing one of the three or more than one of the three, then that could be a person that never hits the marks. Okay. So let me ask you this question. And it's again, a, a, a fun question to, to ask people in a room like this, but I want to ask another, I, I mean, I consider you to be a, a, a mentor to me. And I think this is kind of an easy answer, but tell me from your perspective, if I have confidence that's not covered by humility, what does that look like? How does that translate? Confidence that's not covered by humility is arrogance. And arrogance is one of the most dangerous characteristics a person could have. They believe they know it all. They've done it all. There's nothing you can teach them. They tend to talk down to people. Uh, the Bible calls them haughty. Mm. When you look down at people or talk down to people, I think a person that is arrogant is heading to hit a wall. It's so interesting because... There are times when I believe that people don't have self-awareness of their potential arrogance. Oh, yeah. Well, who's going to tell them? <laughs> and are they, if, they, if they're arrogant, they're not going to listen anyway. That's why I recommend the book Leadership and Self-Deception so much. Yes. Because yeah. it forces you to put the mirror up and there's nobody to blame. I mean, you can throw the book out the window if you want, but there's really nobody to blame. And as soon as people get into the blame game, I have a, a talk I do, the four stages of a, de, of a declining business. When you get to stage four, where people begin to blame mm. others, that person is either going to leave the company or you're going to have a major implosion in that company. Yep. That is such a good, I, I would love to hear that talk. I haven't heard you give that one before. Okay, so now let's, we're just talking about what happens if, if we have arrogance that's not covered by humility. But now let's talk about what happens if I'm, I have a ton of humility without a foundation of confidence. What does that look like? And what, what that what looks you, like for you and me is we have got to be master at helping them find something they could win at. Hmm. Something in what I coach and something on what you have to learn. Instead of, training the whole person, let's get that first win and build from there. That's and I, you know, it's just like anything else. When, you, when you're coaching sports, we got to get that first set of skills that person can gain mastery over. Once they begin to get mastery, we can open up the next page and then open up the next page. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen either a sales leader or sales team members that you've worked with before that have all of the knowledge that they need. And so they've got the competency, they've got the system, they have 
basically all the tools in the toolkit they need to be successful. And yet there is something in their brain that's holding them back. And, and wouldn't, I mean, isn't that a lack of confidence often? Not often. Yeah, it can be a lack of confidence, but it can also be something they're not willing to share. Okay. okay? It could be fears. It could be maybe not having all those skills mastered, but saying they do. Mm, sure. And sure. that's why when we opened up Peachy and Peachy, and you've been to the Rapport Mastery Sales Boot Camp, and people think we're crazy because on day three, we're doing live outbound calls. <laughs> yeah. But I know if I can help them win at the hardest part of sales while I'm with them, there's nothing else bigger than that. And we do it in the training room. It's amazing the atmosphere changes right after that part of the training. All of a sudden, they feel like they got this now. They're ready to go home. They want to execute this. Joe, let me ask you on a personal level then. On day three. Um, so, again, I've had to do this. It is scary. You you know you're going to do this when you sign up for it. And, uh, you know, months before or whatever. And then it's that day and it's like, oh, crap, I don't want to, you know. And well, Why and did I sign up for this? <laughs> exactly. And so we're doing it. And then um, we come back and, and we report, you know, this is what we did. And you're asking questions about what did you learn? And how did this help you overcome some of those fears? You've given us all the tools to be successful. Now, for you personally, when you're hearing somebody like me report or anybody that's been, because you just came off of this, what, last week? You just did this? Yeah, we just a week ago, we had our three day sales boot camp and our three day business of speaking boot camp. So on Wednesday, when you're when you're collecting the results from everybody and reporting it, you're writing it on the whiteboard. And it's a really cool process. How do how do you personally feel? Do you have a sense of fulfillment and joy? Well, like, of of what's course, I've been doing this now. <laughs> we had our first sales boot camp in 2004. That should tell you something. Yeah, yeah, we've had but we also do corporate training with this. What it what it does for me, first of all, it says, Joe, this has nothing to do with you. You have created a system that works. I don't make it about me. That's the danger, you know, to pat yourself on the back. The system works. What what I go through is to watch the excitement. I mean, our, our this past boot camp, we had 24 people. They range in age from 24 to 60, 17 different target markets. 90% of these people have never made outbound calls, okay? <laughs> and to watch these people go through this metamorphosis that on day three, we had a 79.9% conversion to appointment. We got through 92% of the gatekeepers. We closed over $100,000 in real business. We got 49 return phone calls. I don't white, write on the whiteboard. I don't go near it. I don't want anybody thinking I'm messing with the numbers. But as they're putting the numbers up there, they're all of a sudden they go from, wow, I didn't really want to do this. To Can we extend the time? <laughs> sure. Right? To watch the light come on their eyes and and you hear things like, I don't know why I've been so afraid of this. Well, fear gets input into people by other people, you know, and email marketing is a great 
thing. However, every cybersecurity company in America is telling their clients, don't open up an unsolicited email because that's how they're going to get in and hack you. So now look what they've done to the email marketing world. That is that is really hurting right now. So, you know, the joy of of seeing this happen. I, I, I think of I, I think of this woman who came in and walked up to me. She said, I'll do everything else. Please don't make me get on the phone. And I said, I don't make anybody do anything. And on day three, she booked five appointments and three of those already. We're only two weeks out, have gone to contract. That's fantastic. You know, again, it's really about a process and a system. It's not about Joe Peachy, Dawn Peachy. It's about here's the process. Here's the system. Now we're going to encourage you through it. We're going to be with you. But this is what I do. Okay. And, and so all of a sudden they get to see it work in real time. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So the, the other piece that I wanted to chat with you and visit with you about today is, is I feel like I've built a friendship with you and, and that's, oh, yeah. that's a, that's a product of you and I starting on a project together through business. And then as a result, we've kind of developed, you know, we stay in touch a little right. bit. And, uh, your wife has, um, she's, she's just a wonderful, like one of the most beautiful human beings, like just inside, outside, she is an awesome person. And you guys recently had to deal with a health scare with her and you, you're still navigating through that. I think. And and we'll be for the rest of our lives. So, so it was cancer and, and just tell me, Joe, how did that impact? How did that impact you guys? And what, what were well, some of the results of that? I mean, obviously it's a silly, dumb question to say, how did that it, impact it, you? But when when it happened and because of Dawn's past life, we had to, after the surgery, we had to go completely holistic, which is a walkout on faith. Yeah. Okay. But I was a hundred percent business builder, hundred percent caregiver. Mm. Okay. And I don't care how strong a person you are, it's going to affect you too. And so our faith has gotten so much stronger, okay? Everything we do now, and, and even before, but even more now, re- relies on God's uh, desire, whatever he wants. And we've learned to be more uh, open to w- the road he has us on. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it has been probably the toughest year of our life. And we've been together for 52, almost 53 years. What does, what does that do from, uh, you know, your, your perspective on coming back to the word humility? It has made me 10 times more humble realizing that uh, at any point in time, this thing could go another way. And uh, well, the other side of it is my business is not my God anymore. Mm. Okay. That God is God. He's first. He's allowing us to do this business right now. And, uh, you know, uh, we're more spiritually driven than ever. So I'm not surprised that you said that. And, And yet at the same time to hear you say that, that's a really interesting thing. And I think people sometimes need to hear that. So if you're you know, I'm just thinking about people that might be listening to this podcast right now is like, what are the things that you're, you're, you're valuing highest? You know, what are the things that you're placing at the peak of everything? And, 
And I think anytime that we have a scare or a crisis that hits us, it, it does tend to zero us back in on what are the most important things. And absolutely. Joe, I'll tell you, I, I easily fall into that at times where it's about what am I doing with the business, you know, and, and is that the, is that always getting the first of my attention? Uh, is Beth getting the first of my attention sometimes? Is, is there something else? And I, I know just again, from a faith-based perspective, when I first heard this 15 plus years ago, I wanted to disagree with this. And I was sitting in a sermon and pastor was saying, it's, it's first God, God, then your spouse, okay. then your kids, and then everything else. And I went, wow. And, and if you, when we get that right, it is such an interesting way of how things just do flow well. Well, it does, but I think, I think the other thing though, when you think that way and you think about sovereignty Mm -hmm. and and some people who are listening to this probably don't like that word because that means we have control over nothing. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Okay. That all of a sudden when your feet hit the ground at four 30 in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, your office is not the first stop. Your Bible is mm. okay. That's a good reminder. Sincerely, and you know you're not talking to a client first. You're talking to the Almighty first. Mm. So that's been a, a major um, shift. Because for me, and I'm going to be really transparent. I used to make every decision at 80 miles an hour and then look over my shoulder and say, "God, you're going to bless this, right?" <laughs> And yeah. now every decision is made bathed in prayer. Yeah. And I'm listening. Oof. And it's sad that I had to get to the age I'm at right now to get the priorities where they are, but they're there now. As we kind of close down the podcast here, for people that are listening to you, maybe it's for the first time, they're interested. They've heard us talk about this boot camp. They've heard about rapport mastery. They've heard that it's the number one ranked sales training in the world. Um and by the way, that is voted on by people like me who have attended it. That's why it keeps you there. Yeah. What What's the best way for people to contact you? There's who a couple ways. I have a with? gift for them first. Here's your free gift. Take right. out your, your iPhone, whatever phone. Go to your text box and put the word sales edge. S-A-L-E-S-E-D-G-E. That's one word. Send it to 55678. I'll take you to a peachy and peachy link. Hit the link. And subscribe for the free course. It's it, you, you won't be inundated with emails. You'll get a free course, The Nine Essentials of Sales Success. You can always call me up and have a cup of joe, 407-947-2590. Let's connect on LinkedIn, okay? And also check out PICIANDPICI.com. And our second business is sellmorevirtually.com. But feel free to call me and Get that free course. It's it's dynamic. You'll really get a lot out of it. Yeah, I totally, I, I would recommend this. Um, if you are interested in any of these things, Joe is the real deal. That's that's a common way you will hear people describe who Joe Peachy is and Dawn and their their system, the real deal. And uh, I can assure you this, if if you do reach out to Joe, he will call you back if he can't take your call at that oh, time. Yeah, that's, he will. Leave your number and I will call you back. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Joe, it's been such a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. It's been, Thank our, you for it's been an honor to get back on the show. And I just like hanging out with you. Yeah, me well, likewise, Joe. So thank you again for for being here and for all of you who are are listening today. Thank you for being on board. If you want to give this a like and a share, that would really be appreciated. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of Confidence Covered by Humility.
Thanks, bro. Appreciate it.